Just when I thought it wouldn't get no sicker. Woke up one morning and heard this weird-ass motherfucker talking out the side of his neck. Me and all my peoples, we always thought he was straight. Influential motherfucker when it came to the business. But now, since we know how you really feel, it's how we feel. Fuck down, Trump. Fuck down, Trump. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Welcome to another episode of the Shoot Your Shot Podcast. I am your host, C. Diddy, a.k.a. Kyrie Curving, a.k.a. Diddy Quarantino, a.k.a. Diddy Hendrix, a.k.a. Diddy Casanova, a.k.a. Scheming A. Smith, a.k.a. the one true king of the South, a.k.a. we may not be a swing state, but we'll still swing on you, a.k.a. A.K.A. Hashtag settle for Biden, a.k.a. You about to lose your job. <laughs> you about to lose your job. Um, um, A.K.A. What the fuck happened in the last two weeks? Um, And on the hotline is always, it's my wonderful and gracious co-host. Hey, y'all. It's your girl, Ali Nicole, a.k.a. your favorite little shit talker, a.k.a. Scam Newton, a.k.a. Councilman Tate. A.K.A. Detective Stabler, A.K.A. The Wolf of Vine Street, A.K.A. That Little Baby Who Just Wants Peace. You, you don't want peace with those as your A.K.A. You don't. You're the a Wolf liar. of Vine Street is funny. You got to give a, me that one. You, you got to give a, me that one. You are a liar. <laughs> and the truth is not in you. And I personally... <laughs> I'm sick of your shit. Cause baby, what the fuck is going on? First of all, Calvin, we gon' we we're gonna get to each other the past few weeks personally, right? This morning, and we kind of have to touch on it. We're gonna be careful. We're going to be careful, but we have to talk about it. This morning, I think we both woke up to some news about mm-hmm. some elected officials within Cincinnati that have been behaving poorly. Um mm-hmm. I am close with one of these elective officials, and it's very disappointing to hear. I will say that. Yeah, and um, I think. I go think, ahead. I think that um, when you get into certain positions in this city, especially as a black person in this city, doing the things on the mission that you had and the vision that you have, right? You need to be that much more careful. And it's unfortunate when it's alleged that you haven't been and that those are consequences for those actions. And I, I really, really hate to see it. Like, I truly hate to see it. Political affiliations aside, parties and battlegrounds and redlining and bullshit, whatever's clever. I really, really, when you know somebody on a personal level, you know their wife, their, their family, their children. Um, and you get to know and understand their, their why, so to speak. And then you get hit with news of their, the being repercussions for them moving opposite of that why. It's kind of dis- it's disappointing. So only thing I'm going to say is I pray that God's hand is over this situation. Um, may the highest good prevail in whatever direction that is. Calvin? Um, again, we're going to keep it real cute on the playground. because. 
All of these are, you know, these are allegations. Baby, if you get jammed up. These are allegations, um, serious allegations. Um, It is the second time within this calendar year that a Cincinnati Cincinnati, uh, council person has been accused of coloring outside the lines. And it sucks that, you know, both people in question are black. You know what I'm saying? From both mm-hmm. sides of the both sides of the political spectrum. But you know, they both are black and, and doing what they feel is best to represent their communities. Um and I think sometimes you you can fly too close to the sun. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes you can get caught up in your own hype. And this is um yeah. and while I don't, you know, what I'm saying, I in, with with this particular person, you know, what I'm saying, we, we, you know, he was out in the community. Like we didn't necessarily agree on everything, um, but he was out in the community. Like you know, what I'm saying, he was out. You know, like we 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 spoke, we saw each other. So I I'm not gonna take time to necessarily kick a man or kick a woman. You know, what I'm saying, because I ain't doing the same while while that person's down because I don't feel like that's that's not necessarily you know what I'm saying productive. Um, I do, I do, mm-hmm. you know, I do remember even, you know what I'm saying? Like people I knew, like who, who ran for city council, I'm saying years back and like, you know, suburbs and, you know, that I went to high school with, you know what I'm saying? Similar, the similar story came into play of like, just, you know, just a misuse of like, of, of funds and you just not behaving in the way that you would expect once you you and, would expect your, the, your you would expect your elected officials to play unless and, and then let's exactly. again be a hundred percent honest about the situation here you already have a a a little a, like a little more of a target on your back right. because you are black any black person exactly. who moves in who moves in America but especially in a city like Cincinnati, Ohio, has to understand that you being black and and doing it's always some good is right. you're you have to almost make sure everything is above board, above reproach. Otherwise, you know what I'm saying? Like they're going to they're going to kind of you know wait for that moment and and. You know, again, these are allegations, and you know he at both. You know, I'm saying he hasn't said anything, you know, admitting to anything. So these are allegations at this point, but these are very serious allegations. And for and the FBI is involved. And for those who know about the FBI and the federal government, they do not charge you unless they believe without a shadow of a doubt. That shadow they can of commit. a doubt. Listen, mm-hmm. if if the FBI. Are like is like Mariano Rivera in 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 the closer category. It's like LeBron James in the fourth quarter. Like like you know what I'm saying. Like they don't they don't come out to play unless they know that like they can get you on something. And so I'm going I'm going to. Um, and I know we're gonna touch on this later. Mm-hmm. I know we're gonna touch on this later. But a lot of y'all only read headlines. Y'all don't actually click the articles. And we're gonna touch on that later because uh, uh, yeah, because like yeah, yeah. Because honestly, and and I'll say that, and I'll get back to my final point. The, the reason, like, I, I don't know if people notice this, but like during the election, Twitter a changed its retweet button, but yes. also if you retweeted something with an article on the official Twitter app, it, there's like a pop up that was like, "Hey, 
do you want to read this article first? Read the article, yes. Read and that, <laughs> with all the shit we talk about Twitter, and rightfully so, because, like, you know, they, they, they are definitely not above They're not criticism. on the right side of history. Right. But that is something that was important. It's like, hey, you might want to read this before you go and spread this to your your followers and your people. Who and I'm not going to lie. Some of the shit that I've seen people comment and say, it doesn't break down to just a difference in opinion, right? Because I think we're smart enough to see the forest for the trees, right? I can see, okay, I can see that from your perspective, you're right. And from my perspective, I'm right. We just don't agree on the semantics of it. But fundamentally, we get it, right? There's a huge difference between that and just being fucking wrong and being unfact-based and then being upset that you're being checked about being dumb as fuck and loud about it. But again, we'll touch on all that shit later. But so my, so my final statement is um, prayers to the family um, of, of yes. you know what I'm saying, of, of, of it. it. It has to be in a, a really rough time, you know what I'm saying, for them to kind of have to go through this because they didn't necessarily sign up to be right. in, a, in a public spotlight. Um, right. And it, what is, you know what I'm saying, what is done in the dark will always come out to light. And the truth will always come out to light. It may not come out to light immediately it may not come out to light you know i'm saying right then and there but like it always comes it's out to on light. its way and Absolutely. so and so and and you have to you're everyone's going to have to answer for what they did in the dark eventually absolutely and you know what i'm saying just i just you, you if you move with that mindset maybe that impacts your your decision on a couple on a couple things that's all off that's all that's all i ended So, friend, mm-hmm. before we get into like what's been going on in the world, I missed you these past two weeks. What's up? What's been going on? What are the cool kids doing these days? <laughs> um, so the cool kids, like I'm, I'm the cool kids now. All right. Um, so this these t- past two weeks, so yeah, we took we took the election day episode off because niggas was tired. Um, mm-hmm. and, and, and we just took that off. So this past weekend, um, I was actually in Columbus on a Saturday to celebrate my good, my brother, my brother got married to the love of his life. Um, oh. and, and, you know, I, he invited me to come and like, I, I don't know about you, but, it, but I take wedding invitations serious. Like if you invite serious. me, I'm going to show up, you know what I'm saying? Because like you budgeted for that and like i I may not be able to go but i'm at least tell you i'm I'm not gonna be able to go but if i say i'm going i'm going unless something really fucked up happened and so you know i'm saying he invited me like you know his the wedding plans got changed for him and his love i'm I'm friends with both of them but you know you clearly have like someone that like i'm really good friends with right um you know i'm saying their wedding plans got changed because of covid right and i'm saying they had to change the venue and, you know, and, and I, I do not envy, I do not envy anyone who has to plan a wedding during this time, right? Because, like, I can, I can only imagine just the stress, right? Because from everything I've seen, like, again, I, I have not been married, right? So I'm only speaking from third party, mm-hmm. you, know, ex, you know, viewpoints here. But from everything that I've seen. Planning a wedding is extremely stressful in the most normal of circumstances. You two can love each other to death, and it's still stressful. And that's without it being in the middle of a pandemic. 
So, so, you know what I'm saying? So like trying to plan something where you're trying to keep people safe and you're trying, you, you know, you have to reduce your guest list and you have to do all of these different things. And, 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 you know, so I, I give them kudos for that, for, for them being able to pivot. Um, I mean, global warming is scary when it's 70 degrees in, in November and you're able to have an outside wedding in November in Ohio. But it worked out for them this week, right? You know what I'm saying? Like, you know what I'm saying? They ha- you have your dates for a reason, but I'm pretty sure they didn't anticipate that it was going to be 70 degrees in November and they were able to have a ceremony, have a ceremony outside and, you know what I'm saying, have have like a tent, you know, inside for their reception. So, um, beautiful. all in all, it was a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful wedding. Um, you know what I'm saying? A uh, huge shout out to, 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 to my brother, Brendan, Chris, Ashley. Um, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, y- y'all are so drunk as hell on your honeymoon right now. We got you drunk as hell at the wedding. Um, you know what I'm saying? More life, more love. You know what I'm saying? Because I, I was actually, I remember when they got together, right? I remember when, like, because me, me and Chris, we had talked about it. Like, he was, he was like, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and drop 30 on it real quick and go ahead and make her mind. I was like, all right, bro. I see you. And you know what I'm saying? So, like, you know what I'm saying? With their kid and everything. So just, ha- I'm happy for them, right? You know what I'm saying? I'm not happy for black love. That's I'm happy. Beautiful. I'm happy. To, you know what I'm saying? We saw, I saw some people that I haven't seen since, you know, the pandemic started because obviously, you know, I'm not just out here kicking it every weekend like some, some of y'all niggas. Um, but, <laughs> but, you know what I'm saying? So that was, that was good. You know what I'm saying? And then I you know, stayed, got some brunch on Sunday. I know people, some people were mad at me that I was in Columbus and I didn't tell them, but I'm like, it's a pandemic. Like the pandemic got me sneaking in and out of Columbus because again, Y'all don't know where I've been. I don't know where y'all been. You know what I mean? Like, if I see you, I see you. But I'm not. If it, it'll be, it'll have been irresponsible of me to try to make a plan to see everybody I knew in the city because of because of the times that we're in. You know what I mean? And so that's why, I, like, I sneak in and out. Like, I don't announce that hey, I'm being town. You know what I mean? Because like, it just it, it it's not it's not really smart <laughs> right now. And like, I hope hope nobody took it personal. You know what I mean? But I'm like, I'm sneaking in and out of town. Like, you, you see my Instagram post, like, I'm already back home. You know what I mean? Like, I hope no one took it personal. But you know what I'm saying? We're trying to be as safe as we can in these, in these times. You know what I mean? So that was my weekend, right? That was my, that was my last couple weeks. <laughs> so how about you? Your girl is fucking tired. Um, today marks day eight of me working straight. I work. I have my, of course, nine to five, my new nine to five, which I love and I gloat about. And then, of course, y'all know I'm still bartender alley, um, trying to be as COVID careful as possible. Um, bartender alley, still working, still doing that as well. Um, we ended up, I ended up having to work Friday, Saturday, and Sunday this week. So tomorrow is the first off day I've had in damn near 10 days. <laughs> I'm just tired. I actually know it's been longer than 10 days. So tomorrow I'm just planning on doing absolutely nothing. Um, doing my laundry, small little things around my house, just really enjoying some alone time and not busy time. I didn't even fill tomorrow up with like a bunch of errands or just trying to get other stuff done. Like, no, I'm going to sit in my house, cry watching Grey's Anatomy or someone great or some other bullshit, probably eat food I have no business eating as I complain about my weight. And also the fact that I even have an appetite is a step in the right direction, okay? Like, let's clap it up for milestones because your girl has not had an appetite in like a month. But so tomorrow I just said that we'll make it the ultimate day of 
responsible self-care. Like, I'm still going to take a bubble bath and cry and probably have one too many bottles of wine. But, like, I'm absolutely going to do my laundry and clean and organize my house. Like, I'm just not. I'm going to make today a productive day off. But a well-deserved one because, nigga, I'm fucking tired. Um, In the past two weeks, I've gotten acclimated to my new job, which, again, I'm fucking geeked over. I have a job I don't want to which is new for me because all these jobs can fucking go. But like, I have something that I truly feel I'm sinking my teeth into and my management team likes me. And the woman that training me feels like every time she talks to me, it feels like a hug. So it's just, I'm in an environment that's nurturing, but not like they won't coddle me. Ain't no handholding. Like I'm damn near 30. There's the days of me being handheld are over. And which is a sharp reality for me because right now I feel like I need to be coddled the most. But that's not productive. Like, it's time. It's time to smack me on the ass and send me out the door. Like, we need that at the moment. So, um, yeah, it's, it's just, I'm actually happy to report that my life is calming the fuck down. Things are a lot more focused, um, a lot more quiet. Like, I really enjoy quiet time. Me and my mom are spending some more time together, which is great. She actually had lunch with me on Saturday. Um, which was refreshing. And we just sat and had girl talk and just mom and daughter time for real. My, of course, kiddo was here. It's just, I, things for me are, are, I have nothing new to report. It feels good to say that. <laughs> it, it feels really good to say that. That's, you know, that's good, right? You know, sometimes no news is good news. But yeah, we got for me news. lately, that's. <laughs> We got, we got, we we got, we got news. So, um, we took last week off because last week was the election. And even though the original plans was for us to not watch the election results, we ended up watching them anyway, because Allie, mm. Allie is a masochist. And. Okay. You called yourself a masochist. I'm not. So. Speaking of which, hold on. Let's rewind. Speaking of pain. Let's rewind. Sorry, friend. We're coming. We're, I promise you, we will come back to this. Calvin, did I tell you that I, the new journey that I'm on? No. It's not the keto diet, so relax. But I am practicing celibacy for the next calendar year. Do you want my honest answer or do you want my supportive answer? I don't think, I know you niggas don't think I can do it. I well, here's the thing. We've had the conversation. I told you that that you needed to give yourself a calendar year, uh, you know, before you try to enter anything serious. I told you that happened. So, so I do think this is good for you because I do think sometimes, like niggas, niggas will stumble and fall into a situation because the pussy good or the dick good like um, so i do think this is this is good for you i'm actually excited and i'm not gonna lie like i survived ovulation i survived ovulation and a retrograde i think i'm gonna be okay and i didn't call up shit no i didn't say what you doing no can i pull up come see me well, I ain't sending out the back well, signal. So, so here's the thing and as far as diets are concerned, right? Diets, working out. Because that's what you're going on. Celib- celibacy is a sex diet, right? It is a diet. When you first start said diet, 
you're all you're gung ho about it, right? You're like, yeah, man, I'm gonna do the shit healthy. I'm gonna go to the gym. Take I'm gonna take a little workout. So come on, Calvin, you know hit me with the pragmatic shit. Because you know I'm saying? actually I'm, pretty enthused about this. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm ready to go. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah, let's get it. But, and so the key in any sort of diet where I fail and where a lot of people fail is after that initial high wears off of like you're trying something new and you're and you're and you're and you're changing up some shit. And so like, okay, after that initial wears off, and it could take from two weeks to two months, like after that initial wears off, now what? So what I would say to you, in order for you to make it this calendar year, use the high that you're on to learn effective coping mechanisms for when that high dissipates. So, like, I can be super geeked up to, to, to eat healthy and to eat clean and to try this new diet. But if I didn't learn, okay, what, you know what I'm saying, what do I need to do to, to continue to manage this weight loss after the high of the diet disappears, I, I go right back to the same shit I was doing. And you, you gain the weight back. And so if we translate that into a celibacy pact that you're doing because you want to be able to kind of clear your, your body of the weight that sex holds on you, right? Like I'm saying, like, I, you know that you have inner working, shadow work that you need to do, that you don't really need to deal with other people's energy, other people's faith, other people's bullshit while you do that because, because it will fuck up your progress. Right. And again, stop me if I'm wrong. Again, if I'm wrong, stop me. But no, you know, you're right. You're right. You know what I'm saying? So, you so know, you I need think the to part about it for me is that and, and I don't mean to cut you off. The part about it for me is that. I think that I'm encouraged and I'm enthusiastic about something. When I go into it with that kind of attitude that you just described, then yeah, I'm going to quit. Yeah, it's not going to pan out. Right. When the going gets tough, the tough get going, right? I'm not a weak bitch. And I'm not saying that quitting a diet or not maintaining your exercise, because we know, listen, Brian, I owe you some money. Because we know how dieting and exercise actually works out for me. But what I am saying is that in my head, when my heart's in it, I'm in. And when I say in my head that I'm truly committed to seeing myself as a better person, that's multifaceted. That's, that's, a commi- that's literally it. I know what's hard for me to let go of. People. I love people. And especially the people that I truly let in and I consider family and I've spent a, an extended amount of time investing into. Yeah. When I have to adjust the way I handle these people or treat these people or who they are considered in my life, those are the things I, have, I take hard. Those are the things in my life that are hard for me to separate with. To the point where I've even fought with my other friends about letting go of those, some of those relationships. So. For me, remaining abstinent isn't about just, okay, well, I wasn't fucking on anybody anyway right now, so what difference does it make? It's more or less like, let's cut out more distractions so we can start getting into the root issue of things. Like we said last episode, shadow work is hard. And sex feels great. Sex is fucking amazing. Don't get me wrong, and I'm really good at it. But I don't, then what? I don't have answers for after that. Then what? It's too much. It's too much. It's too much. And the games. And then the and then I'm the type of person where I'm I'm fucking you. I want to take care of you. 
because I'm we're fucking. Y'all trying to make it seem like sex isn't emotional and it's emotional by nature. Allowing somebody to enter your body and entering somebody else's body in that way is intimate and emotional. And I'm an emotional fucking girl. I'm an emotional being. I'm very highly attached and recognizable to my feelings at all times. Yes, I am sensitive. So in order for me to get a handle on some of those things, the physical, the physicality of some of my relationships has to stop. And that's where I'm at with it. So, and I think sometimes where we fuck up is not necessarily because you know you're not you're not quitting or you're not stopping because you're weak. But sometimes we stop or we 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 get lax or we kind of fall off because we see results and we think the work is done. And so, like you know, what I'm saying, how many times that we, you know, what I'm saying, back to weight loss, for example, we see. Okay, I done lost five pounds. I, you know what I'm saying? I'm good. I don't need, you know what I'm saying? Maybe I could, I can, I can, you know, cheat a little bit on the diet. You know what I'm saying? I lost five pounds. It's like, but A, that's water weight. You know what I'm saying? But B, just because you see a little bit of results doesn't mean you have clearance to deviate from the plan that got you those results. I mean, look at how the government, you know what I'm saying, treated the shutdown. Like, as soon as cases started, like, slowing down a little bit, they was like, fuck it, we reopen it. Instead of, like, keeping with the plan that they had in place to try to really make positive change. And I think that's the same thing with celibacy, if you're doing it purposely. Let's, okay, let's be honest. A lot, of, a lot of people who say they celibate are celibate by accident. <laughs> like, they're not celibate by choice. They're celibate because other people's, other people's choices have made them celibate. Because ain't nobody trying to fuck you. But that's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about people who are actively making a, cho- a choice of celibacy. That same thing applies. Like you see some improvement in your life. You see you, you're getting some clarity on some things. You're doing some things. You're like, okay, I can see it now. Okay, I, I'm, I'm feeling better. I'm getting better. Maybe I can be a little lax with it. And that's where we get fucked up at. It's like, gotcha, bitch. Gotcha right back where I wanted you. And I think that's, that's not you necessarily being a weak individual i think that some i think that's people sometimes kind of buy like like we talked about previously buying into their own hype you know what i mean like and, and right. thinking that and and just and like thinking that a, a accomplishment is the final accomplishment and i think that's what i want to caution caution you on is like you're going to see progress if you continue to do the work but you know that that progress isn't the end goal The progress is a step to get to the end goal. Right. But I'm the type of person where, and I think this is where we're going to differ, Calvin, and that's okay. But I clap every step of the way because steps are a part of that. You can't get to the end goal without the steps in between that. And I think if we skip that part, you can celebrate what you're doing and where you are while also recognizing that there's more work that needs to be done. And I think not allowing yourself to celebrate progress is a hindrance for real, for real. You can celebrate with, and I think we actually don't disagree. You can celebrate and notice your progress, but you know, remember, um, you watch. Damn it! Bless you. Thank you. Thank you. Just thank you. I don't even know what just happened, um, bro. You have no idea what just, man. Listen. Every time I sneeze, bro, it's October and it's, no, it's November and it's 75 fucking degrees outside. Yes, I'm going to be a little allergic. 
Okay. Okay. It's just neat. Um, Leave me alone. Any, any, anyway, I didn't even say anyways. Okay. Let me try to get my point back. You didn't fuck me up. God damn it, woman. Anyways. All right. So what I'm saying. So like, remember, remember Love and Basketball where like um, Shorty made that shot and then held it up in the air while the other team went back and forth right, right away. Remember that? Yes. That's what I'm saying. So you can celebrate. Okay, you made a good shot. Get back on defense. That's what that's what I'm saying. It's like you can you can announce. Okay, I'm doing good. I'm do, I'm making progress. Okay, go go me out here. But you can't let the celebration distract from the work you continue to do. And if you're able to achieve that balance, then yeah, by all means, toot your own horn. Ain't no one else gonna do it for the next calendar year. Toot your own horn. But just make sure we're continuing to do the work instead of just distracting from the work to kind of acknowledge. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That's Absolutely, all. friend. I, no, I feel it. And I don't think that that's not coming from a place of like... I don't think that that's not coming from a place of love or understanding. I think that that comes from a place of progress. Like, you've been there. You understand. And you know what it takes. You know what it takes for Calvin. So, and that... And I received that. And I, I appreciate it. Um, moving right the fuck along. Do you know your president throwing a tantrum? My president ain't throwing a tantrum. My president is currently chilling with his wife. You know what I'm saying? So, so here's, so here's where we're at. So again, we didn't record last week because of the election and we watched the election. And so this is, I'm going to try to get every point I have in like, we're going to have it back and forth because again, a presidential election is important people. I'm sorry. I don't know what to tell y'all. Um, so we knew, at least I thought we knew, that we weren't going to have concrete answers on who won the presidency Tuesday night. I thought we discussed this. You know what I mean? Because we, t- we, you know what I'm saying? What, because of the pandemic, a lot more people voted early. A lot more people voted by mail. And because of the active <laughs> sabotaging that... <laughs> the Republican Party tried to do with, with mo- mail-in votes and voting early and counting and all that shit, that we weren't going to know. I thought we understood that. I thought, thought we weren't, we weren't going to know Tuesday night. I thought we discussed that we, it's going to be an election week. But you know how sometimes you, 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 you study for the test and you know all the answers, but then you get to the test and you blank the fuck out? And you're just like, fuck, I learned this. Fuck, what, what's, god damn it, what's the answer to number seven? <laughs> like, I, I think that's what we did as a country. We just forgot everything that we had talked about. <laughs> Leading you know? up until election night, as far as, like, how these mm. results are going to go. And so election night turned into election week. And listen, God, God I feel bad for all of them niggas on all of them networks, touching all of them screens. Listen, them niggas was working off of two hours of sleep for four straight days. And baby, I saw some people had like the Pornhub thing in the background. And like they was listen, y'all had Anderson Cooper tossing insults. These niggas were tired. And and so so they was they was doing they was doing a lot of work. You know what I'm saying? So shout out to all of them. And but but and shout out to all the people who who didn't who didn't immediately react on election night. So election night, so what we knew was a lot of places count the election day, the votes that are cast on election day first, 
and then they count the early votes and the mail-in votes afterwards. Um, but every state does it differently. Like, for example, Ohio had the permission to kind of count the mail-in ballots, count the early ballots kind of first, and then count the election day ballots. And so the mail-in and early votes are generally more democratic because, well, when one major party tells its base that voting by mail is fraud and to don't do it, generally the person who doesn't do that is going to have a majority of the vote, right? Again, simple shit, right. but we'll, we'll get to talking about that motherfucker a little bit later. And so it just, you know what I'm saying? Different states did it differently. For example, the reason why Pennsylvania took so long was because they had a court ruling that literally prohibited them from counting any mail-in ballots or even touching them hoes until election day at 5.30. So all, mind you, Pennsylvania started early voting in like mid-October. So they just had all of those ballots that they legally couldn't even touch, couldn't, couldn't arrange, couldn't set it up, couldn't do shit. And that's why, like, Pennsylvania, you know what I'm saying? Like, that takes time, especially because you're dealing with less poll workers and less election officials and less mm, all of those shits because it's a pandemic going on. So I just wish, my first point is I wish we understood that. I wish we remember what we were taught, right? We remember, we knew going in that this shit ain't, this shit gonna take a little while. Um, and we caught it going in, again, like, like 45 gonna have, like he's gonna probably gonna have a lead on election night. You know what I'm saying? Because certain states count their mail-in votes after the election day votes, and they're being prohibited from counting them ahead of time. And but generally, because of because of the rhetoric, election day votes lean more Republican. Mail-in early voting leads more Democratic. So we all the shit that we knew was going to happen played out exactly how we knew it. But it just it felt like we forgot what's going to happen. But the week, the week that was on Saturday morning, Saturday morning, like cartoon time, I'm, I'm, me and Beloved are chilling watching the 85 South show. We, mm. get an, we get an alert that Joseph R. Biden Jr. was declared the winner of the 2020 election and the 46th president-elect of the United States of America. Um, so first and foremost, you know what I'm saying? We, are, we were, were very vocal as far as like our opinions on, on, on who we thought should win this election. Um, so it was good to get a win, right? It was good to get a win. And I think and so we could talk about a lot of things. There's so, there's so much to talk about with this election, but we're probably not going to get to all I really want to touch upon, but I'm going to try. So we could talk about, it's good to finally get a win. 2020 has kicked our ass this year <laughs> as a collective, but especially as a black people collective. We have gotten our ass kicked left, right, up, down, north, south, east, or west. We finally got something that the guy we want, want. And, and we're not even saying that we really wanted that guy. We just wanted him better than the other motherfuckers. Yes. The, our choice won. And the man who, for the last four years, has presided over some of the worst racial tensions and politics and is, is getting evicted. 
And then you have some super woke Negroes trying to trying to damper the celebration. And you know, you know, we always think sometimes you can be too woke. Sometimes you can be so woke you become what you despise. And I look at it like you if 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 we're doing um, you know how like there's a rate a circle at 360 degrees. If 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 a white supremacist is degree number one, then a super hotep ass nigga is degree number three sixty. Like, yeah, technically you guys are super far apart, but you're also so far apart that you end up kind of being that close together. And that's my first thing, right? <laughs> Y'all niggas gotta stop just raining on parades as they happen. <laughs> and I'll let you get your get, get some points in before I go in. Because like, but no one no one thinks that Joe Biden is going to cure racism. We've all discussed the entire time of this campaign that we are settling for this nigga. This nigga is like, uh, this nigga is like a, a turkey sandwich. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you got a turkey sandwich in the fridge, you'll eat it. But no one, no one really is like, hmm, you know what I could really go for? A turkey sandwich. Joe Biden, is the, Joe Biden is the turkey sandwich of presidents. Like, if I offer you a turkey sandwich, you're not going to look at me crazy. Like, nigga, what the fuck? All right, I mean, sure, I'll take a turkey sandwich. But you're not going to be fiending for a turkey sandwich. I agree. Um, for me, when it comes to that kind of shit, right, we absolutely hear nigga damned our way to the pole. Okay? Here. Take this shit. In record numbers. Mind you, so Joe... In record numbers. Joe Biden got more votes than any other presidential candidate in the history of ever. He beat out Barack Obama's 08 campaign. And like we said, we hear like, all right, nigga, here, bro. The votes to him. But we were, as as black people, were so fed up (laughs) With the other nigga running, but we was like, "Fuck it, bro." I mean, like, like I said, if I choose, if I if I give you a turkey sandwich versus a sandwich full of dog shit, and I ask you which one you gonna pick, you may not be super excited to eat the turkey sandwich, but it's a whole lot better than the sandwich of dog shit. Right. So hear me out. There to the people that were the rain on our paraders, right? To those people, I, y'all should, how do I say this? Y'all should shut the fuck up? <laughs> it's not even just that. But why are you so miserable, bro, dog? Every, no, you're not going to get 100% of what you want out of any candidate. And if you talk to anybody who voted for Joe Biden, none of us were actually really enthused about that. But. We knew Trump had to go. You got to go. Absolutely not. It wasn't good for anybody. And so we've been preaching it, pounding it overhead, literally for weeks. Excuse me. Literally for weeks. Okay? Months, even. So for me, it's like, let us have this. Let people enjoy shit. Let people have things. Let people, okay... You don't become, you've been a contrarian this entire time. 
fuck this two-party system, fuck both candidates, this is stupid, I don't get it, da 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 Whatever. What the fuck ever. Okay, I, we get it. You're Mr. Different. You're Mrs. Know-it-all. Heard you. But we can celebrate, nobody's celebrating the fact that Biden won. We're celebrating the fact that Trump is out of there. We're also celebrating the fact that there is a black woman in the, one of the, the second highest position in this country. A black woman. For me, it wasn't even about me getting to see that, my son getting to see that, whatever. Because honestly, I've got time. We've got a little bit more time to see leaders like that, to see people of color, black people in these kind of roles, right? I was excited for this moment for my 77-year-old dad who got to vote for Barack Obama and Kamala Harris. That meant something to me. So yeah, that's something worth celebrating. I know that I did the work. My peers did the work to make sure that we're securing futures, not just for ourselves, but from, I'm looking at kiddo. I'm looking at his future and the kind of world that I want him to be brought up in. That's who I vote for. If you want my honest truth, dog, I vote for my kid. Even if I don't want to, it's stupid, it's cold, the lines are long as fuck, I don't like neither one of these fucking candidates. It really comes down to who's going to give my son the best opportunity possible, dog. That's what it comes down to. So for y'all who really chose to be contrarian, chose to run on the parade, chose to open your mouth and have nothing productive to say, dog, I want you to seek healing. That's what I want for you. <laughs> I, Calvin. <laughs> so we have that. So we have, so that's the first part of it, right? You know what I'm saying? Like people, again, let people enjoy things. Hating things that other people like does not make you a cool person. So that's one. Um, and then secondly, and what's sneakily important is the fact that, again, the Constitution doesn't require for him 45 to concede the election. It's kind of like a, a nice thing to do, right? And we all know that this nigga wasn't going to do anything nice. But right. the issue is with him continuing to, 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 Lie, blatantly lie about this quote-unquote voter fraud is very dangerous because I'm not, I'm not going to feel comfortable, like truly, truly comfortable until January 20th, 2021, where, where Kamala Harris and Joe Biden are swearing in on the National Mall and taking, and taking their oaths to, to, to have this office. Because if, if we've learned one thing over the last four years is that this man doesn't feel like he needs to play by the same rules as everyone else. And so you're telling me, especially when you have his cronies and you have the Republican Party, like, coddling, we talk about coddling, coddling and, like, co-signing this absolute fucking nonsense. I, I'll put it like this. If this was another country, we would be calling what 45 is trying to do a coup. The U.S. has invaded other countries for this type of shit. And it's happening here on American soil. And again, in the midst of the rah-rah and the celebration, which again, Twitter was peak Twitter. 
<laughs> this entire week. You know what I'm saying? I just want us again to be vigilant and to do everything in our power to make sure that the person that we elected ends up taking this office in January. Um, keep your eyes out for, you know what I'm saying, um, the lame duck period. Because, like, again, that man is liable to do some reckless and wild and highly illegal shit. Um, mm-hmm. For all of our listeners who either live in the state of Georgia or who know somebody in the state of Georgia, um, we need you one more time. So, so shout out to Georgia for, for, for flipping blue since for the first time since 1992. You know what I'm saying? Shout out to Stacey Abrams and all of the grassroots organizers that helped and kind of did the work with Stacey to kind of help that. Like they registered 300,000 new voters, um, you know, with LeBron's more than a vote campaign. Like Georgia, you know, so put it like this. The State Farm Arena, so that's a basketball arena in Atlanta, right? 40,000 people voted at the State Farm Arena early on, for early voting. Biden, at the last count, won the state by like 14,000 votes. So, side, all of you, my vote don't matter, motherfuckers. If you saw the, the, the literal slim margins of victory we were dealing with in some of these states, I hope that allows you to reconsider your, your, your thinking, right? So, but for those who, those who either live in Georgia, know somebody in Georgia, there is two Senate runoff elections, um, January 5th, because the way Georgia works is if neither candidate gets, or if none of the candidates running for a, a statewide office gets over 50% of a vote, the two top candidates have a runoff election in January. So neither of the Senate mm-hmm. candidates got, you know what I'm saying, like, past that mark. So now we have a two-Senate runoff for this. And the reason why it's important mm-hmm. nationally for what happens in Georgia, um, the Democrats currently hold 48 Senate seats. In order for them, they, they need to win both of those Senate seats to get to 50 to make it a tie. And then at a tie, the vice president breaks all ties to the Senate. So for all of, and so for those who are old enough to remember Barack Obama's first campaign, or first term, a lot of the stuff that he promised were, ended up being blocked, filibustered, or, or kind of stripped down because of the Republican-led Senate, because of people like Mitch McConnell, right? If the Republicans hold on to the Senate, that same thing is generally going to happen with a, with a lot of the more progressive policies that Biden and Harris have talked about on the campaign trail. For example, forgiving your student loans. Um, stuff, like, stuff like that. So that's why it's important. Because if, if, it's, a, if it's a Democratic-led Senate and a Democratic-led House of a Democratic presidency, uh, they have a better chance to be able to pass some of the things they've campaigned on. And so that is why that is important. So that's, that's, that's why. Um, third, and then we can talk about this a little bit too, um, shout out um, again for all of the discussion about black voters, right? And like 
but black male vote, black woman vote. 91% of black women voted for Joseph Biden nationwide, and 86, 87% of black men voted for Biden nationwide. Again, the top two strongest Democratic blocks. We, we talked about, you know what I'm saying, Kamala Harris being the first black, first black woman, VP, you know what I'm saying? We talked about Stacey Abrams. Um, and so I just want to give a shout out to, shout out to both, you know what I'm saying, black women, shout out to the black male voters as well, I think. And, and, and I, I'm going to say this, and it does, and this is not designed to take away from all the work that the black women did on, on this campaign, right? Because again, they did that shit, you know what I mean? But this is, again, we talked about reading headlines and not reading the actual story. Right. The way black men are talked about in this, when it came to this political cycle versus the numbers that actually came out bothers me a little bit. Here it fucking comes. What? what Go ahead, Calvin. So. Because I knew we were going to disagree. Here it comes. What are we disagreeing about? Go ahead, Calvin. I'm going to let you finish your point. So. We talk. So I'll put it like this. If Joe Biden would have lost the election, the onus would have been on why he lost it was the black male vote, right? It was like they would have they would have pointed to Wayne and Cube and Kanye as a reason why. But because he won the vote, we're still we're still focused on the twelve percent that voted for Trump overwhelmingly more focused than on the 87% that did. And maybe you can help me because I'm trying to understand how that makes sense. And I understand my biases, but it doesn't make sense to me. And maybe you can help me understand how that makes sense. And I mean this with no sarcasm at all. I'm re- I really be trying to understand, but it doesn't make sense to me, but I also understand my own biases. Okay, get into your biases because I, I feel like it was, it's going to help me explain my point. So, again, as a black man, I'm always going to, black community always matters the most to me. And I mean that as a community, like, I, it matters the most to me. Right. And I, because I, I focus on numbers a lot, and I feel like, again, men lie, women lie, but the numbers generally. <laughs> Like, if you read the numbers, you generally have a, a, a standing point to kind of stand on. And I just, I don't like, it bothers me when a narrative doesn't match the numbers. But I also understand because I'm a black man, I have a vested interest in this that maybe is, is coloring my opinion on the, on, on, on the inverse. Does that make sense? I'm really trying to like. It does. So that yeah, so I'm really trying to like explain that in a way that doesn't come off because my 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 intention isn't to be hostile, right? I think that, and not that your point isn't valid, right? Because I, I absolutely do think it is. I think for me, um, how do I say this? Because I don't want to discredit your point because I see exactly where you're coming from. How can we criticize black men when it comes to voting when you look at the numbers and the numbers match that we supported the cause overwhelmingly? 
right? Yeah. I think I think that the sometimes and it's something to be said, but you and I talk a lot about the loud my the loud minority. That when one person or a couple people or a small like an insignificant amount of people criticize something, we assume and it gets attacked louder than the than the actual perceived like dumb shit, right? That we assume that that's the majority opinion, and a lot of times it's not. And a lot of times when it comes down to like the the differences or the 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 issues between black women and black men, a lot of it is coming from the loud but significant majority, right? Like there's something to be said about that. I think a lot of times because of the way that black women are being celebrated for the way that we came through, um, for, especially during this election cycle, in comparison to the other black men in leadership and what they chose to do with that is where the comparison is being drawn from. And I don't necessarily think that it's unfair, but it is something to be talked about. There's something to be said about the power behind Stacey Abrams versus the elected officials in other areas being put into, excuse me, being, how do I say this? The black male elected officials that are put into the same positions of power or similar positions of power and what they chose to do with that instead. And I think a lot of times because of the stark differences versus black women leadership and black male leadership in these two, in both political, in the same political climate is where these comparisons are being drawn from. And some of it isn't unfair. But let's talk about the numbers. Let's talk about how black men have shown up. Let's talk about the support and where black men have chosen to put their vote. The numbers on that aspect of things make sense. But I, but I guess to my point, those are two different conversations. And when you conflict the two, that's where we get into this really sticky, ugly, gray area. Does that make sense? Yeah. And I think, so I think of it like this, right? And I'm, I'm, I know I made a very, like, a, a very poignant point of, like, I am not trying to take away nothing from what the Black woman did, right? Like, I, I listen, get your flowers, baby girl. Lord knows you deserve them. You know what I'm saying? That's not, you know. Right. And so, setting that aside, right? It's like, okay, get your flowers, you know what I'm saying? Get your flowers, get your, you know what I'm saying? Get, get, get you know what I'm saying? Get your money, sis. Like, Stacey A. Rooms, you know what I'm saying? Pretty much, um, she, black women rarely receive blank checks to do whatever they want. But Stacey Abrams can pretty much choose how she wants her political career to go at this point. Um, but so then we talk about it like this, right? I think in that, there comes a conversation where it's like, there, it almost seems like after Obama left office, it feels like there's a vacuum of like, a standard black male voice and similar to where we have the right. Jesse Jacksons or Al Sharpens, Sharpens in the 80s and 90s, you know what I'm saying, to the Malcolms and the Martins in the 60s, to, you know, the Fred Hamptons, like, because <sighs> stop asking rappers to represent the black male community, bro. Like, stop, bro. Like, like stop. Like, it's, it's insulting. It's actually insulting because we, the black male community is the only one that gets that sort of treatment. I don't. I don't go asking fucking Pitbull to speak for the to speak to the Latino male community. I don't go asking J Lo to speak to the Latino woman. Hell, we don't even go asking 
the, you know what I'm saying? Like, we don't go asking no no other group of entertainers to be the spokespeople for a, a community besides black men. And I think that has to do with like a vacuum of like leadership because it's not because there's there's a lot of people doing the work, both black men and black women, but there's not a mm-hmm. but because there's a lot of people doing grassroots activity in different parts and different areas, there's no one person that like has kind of risen as like a leading black voice. You know what I'm saying? We could talk about the Mark Lamont, Lamont Hills and Michael Eric Dyson's of the world, but even those, those aren't, you know what I'm saying? They're academia. You know what I'm saying? So they're not, they're not even on the same level as like a, a Sharpton or a Jesse Jackson. Um, because I, I mean, we also could talk about idol worship and celebrity because put it like this. What does this say about us as a community that as soon as Joe Biden won, the, the person we all wanted to hear from most was Dave Chappelle. And again, I, we've talked about this on, on this here platform. I am a Chappelle fan, right? But I also know at the end of the day, that man is a comedian. <laughs> you feel me? <laughs> that man is a comedian. First and foremost, that is his day trade. That is how he got his millions of dollars. Yet we, we, right. we, we look to him. And, and partly because that man is almost too good at his job. Like Chappelle's such a good comedian that we've started treating him as like a thought, as like a thought leader, as like someone who's like a representative. And I'm like, at the end of the day, this man is a comedian. So this man is like the rule for most comedians is like, if it's funny, it's funny. And so we, we take, we take people to task or, and we take, we take the people's words. We take Dave Chappelle's words and hold them up on this pedestal because like he's such a witty and like very smart individual, but then day he's a comedian. You feel me? Like, I, I hope I'm making sense. Right. Like, no, it doesn't. you know what I mean? Like at the end of like, I don't know if we need one singular leader because one singular leader lends yourself to vulnerability after that person is eventually murdered because they do that to all our leaders. But I just need people to stop thinking that rappers and comedians represent and are the leaders of the black male community. Because I understand, like, yeah, Wayne and Kanye and Cube. You know what I'm saying? Some of these rappers were super loud and ignorant. I get that. Like, no. Loud. Like, I, like again, I understand that. But, but we also, we, we don't pay attention to the repudiation of their remarks afterwards, right? There's been plenty of times where I've had people who's like, well, why aren't people, you know what I'm saying, standing up to Wayne and standing up to Kanye and standing up to Ice Cream? I'm like, I'm like, what does that look like for you? Their, their streams are down. Like, none of these people have had, a, like, there's no concerts. Nobody has a movie out right now. Their streams are down. And if you listen and pay attention to Twitter, like, you have a bunch of people, black men, black women, everyone, actively giving them shit for this. So I'm like, so, but yet, you, you, we, again, that loud minority that I always mention, we take these four or five people's opinions and say, all black men think like this. And then, and I think what makes me mad, more than anything, is that when, after that, we try to buck, uh, buck back against that and be like, 
nah, fam, that's not how we rolling. Like, that's not how we rolling at all. And then I try to show you the numbers that support my claim. <laughs> I get gaslighted because I say I'm taking it too personal. I'm internalizing things and I need to just shut the fuck up. And so I'm just like, fam, we, right. <laughs> like, we can't have it. It's, it's almost like we're playing it's almost like people are playing both sides of the fence on here right and it's like you're 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 dismissing the numbers that show you that behind black women black men are the second strongest democratic voting bloc we're not even going to talk about how latinas and latinos showed their ass for trump in miami i'm not going to talk about that that's not that's not that's not part of my point but then so when, when you repudiate that and then you try to hold up these four, five celebrity individuals as your proof positive that all of us are fucking coons, I can't react to that and be like, nah, fam, you tripping? Like, like that's, I think, and that's my frustration, right? And so, but that's my frustration separate from the fact. I think some people, and we, I'm rambling, I'm sorry, but like, I think some people take my frustration with that and other black males' frustration with that as we're mad black women are getting the shine and to me i can't speak on everyone else but to me that's not the case again get your flowers black girl we know, lord knows are overdue it's just you don't you can big up all of the things that black women did this election cycle without then giving us the same white supremacist talking points for black there has to be a way for you to be able to do both and i agree with that actually i do but you know what? I'm gonna tuck it. I'm gonna tuck it. I'm gonna just let you have that one. I'm gonna let you have that. One. Listen, I'll, and I'm I'm gonna take it because I've been arguing with niggas all day over a myriad of different things. I don't understand why people don't want. I don't, and I don't understand why people are so. You know what? Before I get to my point, I don't want to be rude. We we did lose a lot of people over these last two weeks. And I want to make sure I give them their flowers now and don't forget. You know what I mean? Um, I was absolutely going to get there. Go ahead, friend. I, I, I'm trying. I'm, I'm a little rusty. You know what I'm saying? When I take a week off, sometimes I'm a little rusty. Um, but so first and foremost, rest in peace to Alex Rebecca. Um, long, t- long time host of Jeopardy. Passed away at 80 due to stage four patri- patri- pancreatic cancer. Um, passed away. You know what I'm saying? We we knew he was fighting it, and he announced like a, a couple years ago that he was fighting it, maybe two years ago. But like, it looked like he had turned a little bit of a corner. You know what I'm saying? Right before this last kind of announcement, um, Alex Trebek's death hurt me because I grew up on him. You know what I'm saying? So like, for for a lot of my childhood, I was raised by my grandmother. You feel me? Like my mom was was handling her business and doing what she needed to do. So I was raised by a grandmother. And so I remember every night, 7 o'clock, it was Wheel of Fortune. 7.30, it was Jeopardy. And me and my grandma would be sitting in front of the TV watching Jeopardy. And she would be so happy when she got a question right and when she was able to pick it up. And then if I was able to get a question right, especially on, like, the little teen tournaments they had, she was like, okay. It was like, you know what I mean? It was like, okay, cool. And, like, honestly, like, Alex Rebecca and Jeopardy almost made it cool to, like, know shit if that makes sense. Because we look at pop culture and we look at how every coming-of-age teen movie treated the nerd, right? It was like the nerd, the big glasses, frumpy clothes, always got beat the fuck up because he knew too much, right? And, <laughs> and to the point where he's like, oh, it's not cool to be smart, right? And I internalized that to a point because I, 
I was trying to hide my intelligence because it was like, they're not going to be my friend if they find out that I'm smart. And, but when you was watching Jeopardy, especially if you was watching Jeopardy with a couple people and you knew the quest and you knew the questions, damn, you was a star in the room, bro. Like you was like, okay, look at you go. You know what I'm saying? Like, and I think that's why it hit me. Cause you know what I'm saying? This is somebody I grew up with. You know what I mean? So, so rest in peace um, to Alex Trebek, first and foremost. Um, Alex Trebek for me was the way me and my mother's son bonded, my brother, right? And it was what we bonded over. This is Jeopardy with Alex Trebek. And we would have bets, literally bets about who would get the answer right or who knew it or their double Jeopardy. And like we would play our own game while watching it. And as somebody who has not even struggled with this relationship, but me and my brother are just very different people. So what we bonded over, I cherish. Um, I truly do. Um, that was our thing. And as we grew apart, sometimes I would watch Jeopardy over at my parents' house. It would just so happen to be on. And it would be a nostalgic moment for me. Um, I don't want another host of Jeopardy, to be honest. Y'all can cancel the show in his honor, and I would be absolutely satisfied with that. I don't see anybody taking the place of that. There is nobody who can replace Alex Trebek for me. Um, I pray that his strength and his resilience is a testament. And it's an own story. And one that I attribute to that of like Chadwick Boseman that we just recently lost as well. He continued to work and give us art and give us his time. And they both did. And they died doing it. And they were, Alex Trebek, obviously a lot more candid about his, um, his condition. But it's just something in those men that I will always honor and respect. So rest in peace, Alex Trebek. Like you truly are like a an icon, a legend. Um, honestly, like he even he his last recording of episodes was like two weeks ago. So like he recorded episodes. They they record like a lot at a time. So like up until Christmas this year, like his episodes will run, and um, it's gonna be weird seeing him knowing that he's no longer with us. But like that was what he wanted in his honor. He was like. When I pass, like, y'all gonna run these episodes. So, you know what I'm saying? So, in his honor, um, I'd, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't want to be the person who replaced Alex Trebek in Jeopardy. I mean, they, they're gonna try, but, like, like one, of the, one, of, one of the rules of life is, like, to avoid stepping in a great man's shoes. Like, and you want to be the next right. toast after Alex Trebek? Nah, I'm, I'm good. <laughs> nope. Um, that's, unfortunately, that's not the only person that we lost this weekend. Um, we, you know what I'm saying, first rest in peace to the baby's brother um, who 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 um, passed away in what was a reported suicide. So we want to give our condolences out to the baby, his family, his fans, and also rest in peace to King Von. 26 years old, rapper out of Chicago, was, was, was popping. And like, and I'm not going to cap, like, I was super into his music. You know what I mean? Like, I, I was like, not. I was, it was one of those things where like, it's it's fucked up, but it was like I listened to him more after he passed because I was like, let me let me check something out. You know what I'm saying? I just know that like he he was coming up, like really coming up, and like unfortunately he he got got shot in Atlanta. Um, the details of that are a little all over the place, so I'm going to respect his family and respect everyone who cares about him by not speculating. Um, mm-hmm. it's just but. I think the point with King Von is like just all of the rappers that we've lost in the past 
two years that just so, so young, right? So, just so young. And I'm not saying King Vaughn was perfect. Like, he he lived what he rapped about. and He rapped about shooting niggas. You feel what I'm saying? So, like, he... And, you know, there is an aspect of, like, live by the sword, die by the sword. But he was trying to get out. You know what I'm saying? He was trying to do it. And, and I think it just hurts me because we look at it just, like, the Juice Worlds, the Max, the Nipsies, the Pop Smokes, the... You know what I'm saying? Like, the, 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 all of the other, like, there's so many rappers that I'm forgetting some. You, you see how, that, how problematic that is? Right. I'm just like passing away in their mid, early 20s, mid 20s, early 30s. And it's just, it's disheartening, right? Because, um, especially for like the generation under, younger than us, like, these are they niggas. You know what I'm saying? Like, these are the, the people that they listen to. And like, and in the middle of a pandemic that you're already, is already kind of fucking up your entire like social life and, and going to school, you can't even grieve properly with your friends about losing one of your favorite rappers because you're supposed to be in isolation. And, right. and you know what I'm saying? Just, I just wanted to touch on that because it's like, you know, it's really hard out here for like, I don't want to sound like a pity party, but like when you got like the, the niggas who made it out getting killed at 26, you can only imagine what's happening to the niggas who did make it out. The niggas who aren't famous enough or talented enough or lucky enough to be a rapper or a ball player. And it's just, it's just a lot. To, it's heavy. It's just super heavy. And I just want to just give my condolences to, 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 that, to that man and his family, um, his girlfriend, his, his the mother of his kids, all of that. Like, no matter, no matter how you go, but especially if you go like this, dying at 26 is a tragedy. The, the way life is supposed to go, you're not supposed to die at 26. Yeah, man. That's- I, I agree. I just, y'all, and I'm a gat holding pistol holding nigga my damn self, but the goal is to not be put into those, those kind of positions where you have to move like that to begin with. And I really, 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 really want y'all to reevaluate what you find important. Dying at 26 is not okay. It's not a goal. It doesn't look cute. It's not fun. As a parent, my son is supposed to bury me, not the other way around. I just really want y'all to like reevaluate what's important. Like, take a look at that shit. That's not cool. Yeah. And also, it's just not cool. And also, for all of those people who are, just being blatantly disrespectful, like you're, like I saw some people post like his autopsy photos. I ain't in like, yeah. And also, all of the people who are speculating about Chicago business who aren't from Chicago, like y'all, y'all all need to relax. Like, and I understand like rappers and artists like let us into their world a little bit. You know what I'm saying through their music, but like y'all niggas are acting like y'all from Oblak. Like legitimately, and I'm like, no, it, it, it's it's disrespectful, and it's 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 in bad taste. And honestly, they can find IP addresses. Like even 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 the hood niggas got IT niggas. Like just 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 move how you would want to move if 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 someone was mourning over you. I think that's my 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 final point on that. 
Also, in this at, with the same breath, if you wanted to, if you want to be remembered and revered kindly, then your behavior should re- reflect should reflect that. Stop. I, I really hate when we get when people pass that did not live life peacefully or did not live life in the way that they wanted to be remembered and respected and they die and people are just like, they're not necessarily, there are no strong emotions or ties to that, to that person's death. People want to call you insensitive for that. It's not. That person didn't live well. They weren't a nice person and they did not take care of themselves. It's hard to remember people like that gently. So just mind yourself. Mind yourself. And I look at it like this, right? And, you know, I'm not saying the tragedy is in a life taken too soon. Um, And I I always try to hold grace for younger victims because I look at it like if how how maybe how was I living at that age? Right. You know what I'm saying? Like some of the reckless shit that we that we did. You know what I'm saying? When we was 19, 20, 21, 22. You know what I mean? And if, if we, we were lucky enough to be able to live long enough to maybe rectify some of those mistakes, to be able to learn, you know, some of those things, some of those lessons that we needed to learn and be able to move forward, right? And so versus mm-hmm. other people, you know what I'm saying? If you, if you die at 20, you die at 20. You may, you, you may have grown up to be a, a, a shitty person. You may have been able to t- change your life around. You know what I'm saying? But we'll never know because you died at 20. And that's why I think those younger deaths kind of hold a little bit to me is because, yeah, if, you, if, you're, if, you're, if you're 75, 76 years old and you've been a shitty person throughout your life, yeah, I, I, I probably feel you because, like, you've had enough time to be able to kind of choose a path that you're going down and you chose it. I, I, versus a, a, a early to mid-20s death, in my opinion, and we can disagree on it as far life is your biggest teacher and sometimes the lessons that you need and the lessons that you learn come with experience and it comes with making mistakes and it comes with doing time you know what i'm saying like and especially if you come from these 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 areas that these people come from like i i used to think that the all these chicagoans were just wilding for no reason but like for them it's legitimately survival like because of just the, the 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 redlining and just the lack of opportunities and just everything that they got going on in that city, like the only way for some people to eat is to do illegal activities and and all of the harm that those illegal activities cause. And so I try to hold right. grace in that aspect because it, you you yeah you 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 was a wild ass twenty five year old nigga. I I I feel sympathy and I feel sad because that's how your story ended and you didn't even get a chance to choose a different path. Does that make sense? Right. That's all I got. That's all I got. I agree. I, I Listen, friend, you ain't gonna get no arguments out of me on that one. So I understand. Um, but you know what? This is a great segue. Segway King. Um, you have the freedom to your thoughts but not freedom from criticism. 
And I, when you sent that over to me, I was like, bro, like, thank you. I've been trying to explain that literally for months. Like, yes, you have the freedom of speech. You have the freedom to express yourself. You have a freedom for your thoughts to be your own. But the moment that you open your mouth, you, you leave it for public consumption, criticism, and opinion. And that's the part of this shit that I think some of y'all are missing. All right, so, so this, this, this came a thought. This, this became a thought for me after what Kiki Palmer, true Jackson VP, Akila Andby, um, op- opened her mouth to say on Twitter um, yesterday. And again, and honestly, I hate because I understood what she was trying to say at first. I got it. I completely and I understood. Was like, I get it. A, your verbiage is off. And B, way off. B, now that you're doubling down on it, like, I, I feel less bad for you. So what Kiki Palmer said. Okay. <laughs> Go ahead. So what Kiki Palmer said was, you know what I'm saying, I think the tweet that caught everyone's attention was, what if, what if EBT, for those who are lucky enough and blessed enough not to know what EBT, EBT is food stamps, SNAP benefits. Like, you are extremely financially insolvent if you qualify for EBT. So she was, so, so, so the question was, what if EBT only works? She said, what if EBT only works on healthy foods? That was, that was the tweet that kind of started the, the, the firestorm. And sometimes what I like to do is when somebody's getting cooked on the timeline, I like to go to their page <laughs> to kind of see the context, see how they're responding, right? Yeah, because I do that because too. every day on Twitter there is one main character, and the goal is to never be the main character. <laughs> and so I'm going, and so I see the conversation, and we're talking about like you know poor people and you know, black people because class and race are, are intertwined in healthy food. And so she's talking about like, well, you know what I'm saying? Maybe what if, you know, if you, you could use your EBT to get healthy food and then what, you know what I'm saying? Then it turned into like, what if, you know, you could swipe three for healthy food and, and all of this stuff. And I think, but I think the problem with her is A, when people pointed out that, hey, sis, this is not it. Like, this is not as black of a white and as black and white of an issue as you're trying to make it, she, instead of like understanding or trying to understand, she, she doubled down because as we talk about celebrities, when anyone challenges their opinion, they feel like they're being hated on and they kind of double down and lash out on whatever their opinion is. Um, and then the second thing was like your assumption that poor families are actively choosing not to get produce just because, right? And so, as right. for as so for someone who's kind of studied a little bit, I'm not no expert, but study a little bit. Who's up who, about food stamps? Who's someone who has been poor before? Like, like my mama hadn't had one of those Ohio cards with food stamps on it. You know what I'm saying? Like, I used to, Baby, I used to get. I have had one of those R high. You know what I'm saying? I used to. I used to. We what? used to listen. We used to be so poor that we used to get like a box of food every day from like this local nonprofit church group, and the box of food would just be a, 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 a box of what the fucks, who is it, and who done it. You feel me? A, the block of government cheese and shit. You know what I'm saying? All of that shit. So like, as someone who 
it has been poor enough to receive those benefits and also who understands kind of urban planning a little bit. Let's break it down. Mm-hmm. The, the, the two words of the, the two phrases of the day are food deserts and food swamps. So a food desert is where a neighborhood doesn't really have access, walking access to a full service grocery store. Guess where my, the majority of those food deserts are? In the hood. Trader Joe's and Whole Foods don't build a grocery store unless the median income in that zip code is over $100,000 per year. They don't even, they don't even look at a, a neighborhood unless the, 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 the neighborhood is affluent enough to be able to go, to go shop there. So in the hood, in these poor and low-income communities, instead of grocery stores like Kroger, you may have one Kroger in, in the hood, and that Kroger will be the lowest quality Kroger in the city. Like I was, I remember, I remember, you know, what I'm saying, talking to one of the homies. I ain't gonna put his name out there. You know, what I'm saying, he, while he was working for a, you know, what I'm saying, a beverage company that stocked Krogers around the city, and he called the Kroger over in Bellevue a, a first of the month store. And so, mm-hmm. so the first of the month store basically, you know, it has lower quality than the the higher in Newport Marketplace, because generally people go there on the first of the month when their stamps come in. So so you're not only having lower quality options, if you do have produce in that Kroger or in that Aldi's or in that whatever, it's lower quality. Also, Aldi's is another grocery store that don't even look at the neighborhood unless it's over a certain amount of dollar amounts. But And so you, then you have all of these grocery, the convenience stores and corner stores that because there's no grocery stores, serve as the grocery stores, and they overcharge and over and they overprice their their, their products because they know you ain't got nowhere else to go. And so, and when you're poor, you're you don't have the the luxury to be picky. Am I wrong? Like you don't have the luxury to, to get organic shit. You buy whatever is either on sale that month, on sale when you purchase it, or whatever you can make last for a month. You know what that is? A lot of processed foods, a lot of canned foods, a lot of frozen foods. Because that's the shit that lasts for a month. That you produce on a good on a, a good produce will last maybe a week before it goes bad. And that's before you have to think if you don't have a car, you have to get on a bus and travel 20 minutes to the bu- to the nearest grocery store, and then go shop, then have to travel 20 minutes back, wait for the bus. So you're spending like an hour with just these groceries in the in the in, in the in the atmosphere. They might by the time you get home, mm-hmm. the groceries might be almost about to go bad because you haven't been able to put them in a the fridge. And then a food, so that's one thing. And then food swamps are basically instead of grocery stores or even convenience stores, you just have a bunch of fast food, like the fast food rows that you have in, in their in neighborhoods. Those are food swamps because they're like, look. Poor people can't necessarily afford to go grocery shopping, but they can afford this four for four. I can get I can get a four for four and feed the whole. You know what I'm saying? Right. Two four for fours and feed the whole family for eight dollars. It's not healthy, but it's gonna make the job done. And and so that's right. that was the issue. All right, go ahead. I think that so my problem, my bad, my problem with Kiki Palmer is this: like, and because Kiki Palmer 
reflects a bigger narrative and a bigger opinion that, like, honestly, a lot of y'all share. She just so happens to be the dumbass who opened her mouth. And I love me some Kiki Palmer, but I think, sis, like, this is what happens when it's it's the classic case. You know of why? Words because she she was kissing that white man, and she opened her mouth. Sis. You know, as somebody who's kissed a white man, it happens. It 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 happens. Okay, but anyway, back to my point. The issue that I have with Kiki is this, and and a lot of y'all that share her opinion because I saw it on the timeline. And I'm like, it wasn't just about the fact that she, it, hear me out. It wasn't about the fact that she was, like, she meant well. She always means well. Don't we all mean well? She meant well. I understood. I got it. My issue with Kiki isn't that she meant well. It's about the fact that when she was redirected, instead of saying, okay, let me do my research. And it wasn't just like, like we talk about the loud minority. It wasn't just a loud minority. My nigga, you were wrong in what you said. How you feel about it. It was a heart. The reason with saving Kiki in this situation is that I see your heart. I understood. This was just trying to make sure that our government wasn't just giving poor people garbage. Kiki has always stood with the people. So given the fact that in this situation, I'm able to give her the benefit of the doubt because I know where her heart typically is. Right. I just don't think that you chose your words in a way that reflected what you were trying to say. We do it all the time for Kanye West. I don't know why we don't do it for Keith, right? So I get it. The issue here is that what you mean, the road to, like you say all the time, Calvin, the road to hell is always paved with good intention. You meant very well. But what actually came out of your mouth was some bullshit. And let's talk about it. What actually came out of your mouth was dumb. So it's one of those situations where Dog, just pick your words wisely. And when you see that you're being corrected for something, let's not always jump to defensive. Kiki does it because she's a celebrity, and that's just a, that's just a symptom of celebrityism that, honestly, Calvin, one day, I hope you and I have to have this conversation with each other. But it's just, it's, it was a lot. It was a lot. And, for all, and like you said, just to clarify and make sure that our point is, is clear about this, Access to food. It's one. Okay. The government can say, okay, I'll increase your food stamp benefits to include the inflation cost for healthier food, right? Because healthier food is expensive. It is. And then healthy food that does not lack preservatives and all those things that are honestly killing us with sodium and all of that. The the shelf life for it does not, it's not going to last a month. Honestly, I bought a head of lettuce. That shit turned in three days. It's expensive to do that every week, every day. So, okay, so say the government does provide us funds for that. Then you have to worry about accessibility. The Kroger's off Vine Street, we talk about a lot because it's literally three blocks down from the Kroger's headquarters and it was torn down to accommodate or to send business to Coryville or the Clifton location, which it does not accommodate the neighborhood it was in. To be honest with you, there should be more grocery stores. We need more grocery stores. There are not enough grocery stores in this city. And I know that sounds wild, especially because I have a car and accessibility and I can go to any grocery store that I want to, which brings me back, hello, to this full circle moment. I don't always vote just for Alex's interests. I vote for my neighbors. I vote for my kids. It's not just always about you. 
So when we make comments specifically about poor people, we need to keep that in mind. Right. Period. Mm-hmm. We owe it to ourselves to take care of each other. And when you make certain, certain comments that are just honestly distasteful as fuck, it lets me know that you you don't look at the neighborhood outside of yourself. Like, this, if one at thing all. that this pandemic should have taught everyone, besides wear a fucking mask, um, it should have taught people that, like, that no matter how far away from broke you think you are, you're closer than you think. Like, I know people who, who've had 100K Baby. jobs and been furloughed. Because their jobs were in the event industry, or they were the owners of a of a of a nightclub or a bar or a lounge that was popping. But guess what? When you can't when when you can't go outside for real for real, your business shuts down. You know what I'm saying? Like you can't throw events for real for real, your business shuts down. So you're right. you're way closer to, to poverty than you think, and especially in this city, which is segregated as it is. You know what I'm saying? Like. You have your black neighbors and white neighborhoods. The right. fact that the entire downtown area has one Kroger and it's not even a full size Kroger is wild, right? And the Kroger that they built, Kroger Kroger Duran, you know what I'm saying? That Kroger is small. It doesn't have a butcher. It doesn't have like a, a, a you know fresh seafood available. None of that. It's it's, it's designed for it, the gentrifiers, and you know, hey, I might be a gentrifier too. Whatever you want to call it, it's designed for the people who can go in, can go in, grab can some afford shit, to go somewhere else, and and go out, and they, and and they can afford to go to Newport Beach or Lakes. That's what it's designed for. You know what I'm saying? It's not designed for you know what I'm saying the the families who who you, who y'all haven't kicked out of OTR yet who still need it, and the same with Walnut Hills. Where is one the closest? The closest Kroger in in Walnut Hills is what Corey is what Clifton downtown. Yeah, that's not Coryville accessible if you don't have a car. Like, like that is a that's like right. two and a half three miles away. That's a thirty. That's a forty five to an hour walk, or you got to wait for the bus. Like we. Or the bus, and to be honest with you, I know what it feels like to get on the bus with hella groceries, bro. That's not that's and, not and fun. Then, Nor is and it then easy you got everyone looking at you, judging you. That's not you. easy. Even the people, the other people on the bus looking at you, like mm. you know what I mean. Like it's just it's it it, it, it the toll the, the toll that being poor takes on people. It's degrading. Is something we don't talk about. And so the, the 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 second point is, and I saw a lot of people. Right. One one person who who was in my mentions who I actually ain't got no beef with. It was just like, well, why are we t- attacking her for presenting ideas? What are you? What are you doing? What are we doing to do more? I was like, baby, like here's the thing: you like again, you have freedom of speech. You can say whatever you want in the good old U.S. of A. That is your right as an American citizen. What that what that amendment doesn't guarantee you is you don't have freedom of not having consequences for what you say. And, like, again, as soon as you present your thoughts on a public platform such as Twitter, you, you have given permission for other people to comment on your thoughts. That is, a, that is what a social media networking exactly. platform is all about. So, if maybe, again, we talk about all the time, we talked about with Q, Kanye, all of these things that were clearly not fleshed out before you went online and said it, 
hey, maybe you should write those things in a journal first. Or, hey, you're, you, Kiki Palmer, you know, you are from Chicago. You know, niggas, your neighborhood has a median income level of $25,000 per year, bro. You know niggas on EBT, right? Let's, let's stop playing. You admitted you know niggas on EBT, so you should know the actual struggle of it. Maybe take some time to formulate your thought process. Talk to some experts in the area. And then, hey, here's my plan on what, what should we do. You have enough access. We, it's we actually rush. semi-embarrassing. I'm not going to lie. Go ahead. Black celebrities, sorry, we, I'm going to cut you off. Yeah. It's kind of embarrassing for me, honestly. Because when black celebrities, especially black celebrities that are typically on the right side of history, open their mouths to criticize poor people, white people don't look at that and be like, oh, shit, they're criticizing poor people. No. They're looking at it, oh, look at the broke-ass niggas criticizing the rich. I mean, look at the rich niggas criticizing poor niggas. It's embarrassing for me. Because, sis, you get to a certain tax bracket and it's almost like celebrities lose their, lose their touch with the people, the low-income people who support you. Look at the demographic. Yes, you have, yes, you've got the rich white kids that are going to buy your floor seats and, 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 and sell out your concerts and be in your theaters and go see your movies three and four or five times on daddy's credit card. Yes, you do have those fans. But the majority of black fan bases of, of some of these artists are black poor people who use your music, your entertainment, your outlet, your, your, your movies as an escapism from their own reality and to only for y'all to open up your mouths and shit on them. That's what pisses Girl, me who off. Do you, who else do you think was something. watching True Jackson VP? Because it wasn't that. Hear me out. Thank you. The little black girls who are looking up to you and be like, you know what? I'm, I, I don't have to live in my circumstances, in my situation. I can be that. For you to open up your mouths. And I know it wasn't intentional. So I'm giving her a little bit of grace here because I know it wasn't intentional. But honestly, like, it's a slap in the face. It's a slap in the face. These rich white kids don't give a fuck about you. They don't care. You're just the hippest nigga in the room that they can give their money to, and that's what the fuck they do. But the people who really celebrate and enjoy your art and support you on a consistent level, not a trend setting, oh, it's a vibe level, are the poor black people that you continue to open up your mouth and tell that you don't give a fuck about. That's what you makes know, me mad. Part, of, part of the reason I'm scared of becoming rich and famous. Is because I just feel like I don't know if there's like an initiation you go through once you get a certain level of money, but you, that makes you forget everything that you thought about prior to, or whether if you if you have enough money for a long enough time, you just forget how it was to never have enough money. You know what I'm saying? So like you because these the celebrities, if this is not. This is all celebrities have a clear disconnect on what it's to what it is to be a working class family and like the decisions that you have to make in a working class situation. And like. And that's fine, but then you don't get to be the authority on poor people shit. You know what I mean? Like if you don't know what it's like to make a dollar stretch. And you, that's exactly how I feel. 
Calvin, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. But I feel you on that, bro. All right. You don't get to have a comment on what poor people do and how they survive. You get to sit there and shut the fuck up. That's what you get to do. You get to make art that they enjoy. Maybe throw a couple dollars at a couple organizations just to make it look like you're doing something, my nigga. But like, you get to Again, sit there and just shut Chris, the fuck up. Chris Rock, Chris Rock I said get it tired best. of that. The people with the least shit get to talk the most shit. The people with the most shit get to talk the least shit. And if you want to be able to talk some more shit, you got to get rid of some of your shit. <laughs> he ain't lied. He ain't lied. He ain't lied. But you know what, friend? Because you know we could talk to people's ear off forever. Would you like sure. to end us on a positive note? Um, it's been a long, it's been a long hard Monday, right? <laughs> it's been a long hard four years. It's been a long four years. It's been, it's been a, a long, long two hard weeks. Monday. It's been a long week. Um, but. At the end of the day, barring any any nefarious activities, you like that word? You know what I'm saying? That's a key word there. Um, barring any barring any crazy shit, forty five is out of office, man. Like that, you know what I'm saying? That should be cause for celebration. And don't let anyone take away your celebration. Um, my, my, my point is, I, obviously the work ain't done. The work, the work hasn't stopped. You know what I'm saying? We weren't choosing an ally. We were choosing an opponent. If that makes sense. Like. Yes. You know what? I love the way you put that. You know that, what I'm saying? We, we, like, we, we understand that this, this government, this country. It's not built for us, but sometimes right. you got to choose your opponent. And by right. all intents and purposes, but the opponent that we have chosen is a little easier to work with. Um, again, stay on, stay on his ass. Continue to protest. Continue to do the grassroots work. Continue to abolish the electoral college because it's really wild that Joe Biden has, was winning the popular vote by four to five million votes, and we were so nervous and anxious over tens of thousands of votes in four states. That math doesn't math to me. Like where I'm from, right. if one person is beating another person's ass by five million points, that person with five million more points wins. That's how I always was taught. That'd be, that'd be like if the Lakers was playing the Heat and the Lakers were up 25 points, but we were worried about who made more three-pointers in the fourth quarter because that was what was going to decide who won. That's what the Electoral College is right now. The Electoral College is based off of a, off of a three-fifths compromise on slavery any goddamn way, so it's racist to begin with. And I'll end on this note. California... So there are, so all of the flyover states, right? So like Idaho, Wyoming, Montana, Colorado, all the mid, all basically all of the mountaintop do not does not have enough population as California, the state. Yet those motherfuckers get thirty Senate seats, and they have the same population as California, which gets two. Senate seats. Again, math doesn't math. 
So continue to do the work, continue to to fight for equality, continue to fight for for being heard, continue to fight for everything that you feel like you deserve. But just understand that it is, it is okay to celebrate a fucking victory for once. And don't let anybody tell you different. Do something really, really, really nice for yourself in the next two weeks. I don't care what it is. The really, really nice thing I did for myself is I bought myself a pair of boots I had no business spending that kind of money on. But bitch, I look good. And you don't work to die. You work to sustain and you work to celebrate yourself. Do something extremely nice for yourself. The world Do something for yourself that you deserve. Send that nigga nudes today. Baby, if the world ends tomorrow, wear them boots, girl. Put on that dress. And send that nigga some titties. Nice shit for later, dog. (laughs) Do that shit today. Please don't get that kind of advice, especially not to me. Especially not to me right now, dog. Because I will absolutely, I'm blocked on everything. But like, I'll I'll put it like this. Nope. You know, if if I miss that nigga, that we don't address. Um. Yes, that's the part of grief we don't address. That's that that is the part of grief we don't address. Because baby, listen, and I know that like it would be the bat signal, and that that nigga's car would be I'll, outside. Okay, can I can, can I that's amend smart. the statement? Yeah. We're not doing that. Yes, please <laughs> be responsible, Cal. Um, the world is ending tomorrow. <laughs> if the world ends tomorrow, send that nigga, send your crush. Send that nigga who deserves it. Send that nigga who's been who's been treating you fair, treating you decent, treating you kind. Or send that nigga. At least he ain't pissed you off yet. Send that nigga some titties. Cause, Cause you know why? The world may end tomorrow. Send those titties to that deserving young man today. Agreed. It's your girl, Allie Nicole. It's your boy, C. Diddy. We are out of here. Peace. Peace. Yo, I'm about to take a chance, yo. Blindfolded with the free throw. Little mama playing a defense. Two seconds on the clock, I'm gone, score. About to shoot, about to shoot, about to shoot my shot.